Hello, welcome to Geeks and Gaijins. I'm the Gaijin John. And I'm the Geek Tom. And you join us on a, well, it's nighttime for me in Japan and... It's about midday here. Perfect timing. Well, so we're either good morning or good evening. If you're in the middle, what can you do? That's, that's not how podcasts work, all right? Yes, we're, we're not live right now, John, so it's whatever time person who's listening to this podcast is listening to us at. That's just numerative determinism, Tom. I hope you have a good 24 hours, listener. I don't. I, I don't. You need to have a good 48 hours. See, it's better. It's more. Oh, no. He outwholesome me. Exactly. I've got to step up my game. Uh, we are the podcast where we look at things from both the East, me being in Japan, and Thomas being in sunny, sunny England. In the West. East to West. Nishi to Higashi. And all that jazz. So this week we have many topics. Uh, so we've got some new news from Japan in the form of a new character for Smash. Smash! The Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC. Mm. Uh, and this this one seems to be getting a lot more attention than the usual announcement, for good or for bad. So we thought we'd wade in on that. Yes, we will wade through the controversy with our with our boots well oiled. <laughs> I don't I don't know where you do the boots to make them uh, waterproof. Mine are still muddy from last week, so oh, you know, might as well cool. keep going. Well, we're going to go further into that because after that. We have our lovely, we're going to look at some more lovely uh, mobile video games, because I have some stories about those from Japan, but Thomas tends to get quite emotional about that, so I apologize I am, in advance, listeners. I am very much looking forward to this section of the podcast. Okay. Yes. Then we have the usual snack break, as always. Where's the snack gone? Somewhere. There it is. And then also we have, to finish off... Or possibly an entirely new podcast, depends how long he takes on it. We have Tom's review of Carol and Tuesday. Hello, I watched an anime. I'm going to tell you what I think about it. And somehow just... Oh, dear. You might have... If you listened to the last episode, our Crunchyroll Awards, um, you might have uh, heard some opinions, well, from Thomas about that. Now, his more complete opinions. Yes. But first, Thomas... Do you like Fire Emblem? <laughs> I can safely say I don't think I've ever played a Fire Emblem game in my life. I have played two. One on an emulator for the <laughs> that was a Game Boy Advance game that I played on my phone. And the other one uh, is Three Houses, which I've played through once. For, though one of our mutual friends I happen to know has played through it at least three times. That makes sense. There's at least three houses. At least. And at least um, in Fire Emblem Three Houses, there are three houses. Like in Japan, yeah. there are four seasons. Yes, those are exactly equivocal. Which storyline did you go through? I went through the Black... Uh, uh, technically, she played through it four times because there are four proper endings. Uh, I did the Black Eagles. I did the Black Eagles where you side with Edelgard. And what prompted you to make that decision there, John? Mostly because the purple-haired Bernie, who is best girl. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it would come down to waifu. It's not Edelgard best girl, though it is Bernie is best girl. 
she needs to be protected, and then she'll shoot an arrow over my head and impale the person who's about to kill us. Because, God, she's best girl. But no, when we're talking about a different kind of best girl. The new entrance to Smash Brothers, the last of this round of character DLC, is going to be Byleth, the player protagonist. But you always forget that's their actual canon name because you name them something like Link or Poop Pants. Or... <laughs> Something like Dingus, watch our Twitch streams on Fire Emblem on Fire Emblem Three. No, on <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy Three. How many games in the Fire Emblem season are series are there? Uh, well, if you were paying attention to Sakurai counting on his fingers in binary, John, he counts in binary, John. Um, it was like eighteen or something. Yeah, it's eighteen or seventeen. Seventeen. I did say to, I did say to you he is a computer programmer. They use binary all the time. I know, but still, he counts on his fingers in binary. He counts on his fingers in binary, John. <laughs> it's weird. It's a bit amusing. It's so very Sakurai. I love it. And somehow he absolutely loves Kirby so much that he's still bottom trash tier in all <laughs> multiplayer tournaments. Isn't he the creative Kirby? Yes, he is. So I think what I think what he's doing here is he understands that if Kirby were to be buffed anymore, he'd be too powerful and no one could stop him. Why do you think in the story mode of Smash Bros, all the characters get killed except for Kirby? Because he's so <laughs> awesome. And it's Kirby who ends up having to essentially revive all of them. Mm. Kirby will one day inhale the heavens. Indeed. So... Everyone wanted a basically anything but this. <laughs> I will yeah. have the listeners know, and Thomas does indeed know because I predicted it to him, that oh, it's probably just going to be a Fire Emblem character or something. Yeah, that was... I actually uh. thought it was so obvious when messaging Tom about it that I'd forgotten I messaged Tom because I was like, that's too obvious. I want to message that. Yeah, no. we speculated a whole bunch on what it would be just because of that uh, teaser video that they put out, which was like, they set a YouTube premiere for like three days in advance. I was like, why are you taunting me, Sakurai? You don't do this normally. Because it counts in binary, Tom. That's that's You've already said how the mastermind rolls. Oh, he's crazy. He's a madman. Yeah, and we had absolutely no idea because we were all assuming based on all prior evidence and zero communication from Nintendo, that it would be another third-party uh, character. So yes. we were just all reeling. Apparently, so far, for Smash Bros, for some reason you don't know one of the biggest games of all time, it's a fighting game where you can play any of, essentially, a stupid amount of characters, uh, mostly from Nintendo first-party stuff, and it's on the Switch, but also um, obvious outliers like Sonic, uh, Snake, uh, Cloud from Final Fantasy, all that jazz. But in the recent set of DLC, which is the Fighting Pass, in which you get the characters and some associated goodies with them, uh, what are the what are the last the last ones before these? You had Piranha Plant, which wasn't part of it to begin yeah, with. Yeah, he was a free DLC character, wasn't he? He was free DLC if you downloaded before a certain time. I think he's now part of. Ah, I don't know. Don't quote me on that, editing John. And then, as part of uh, the first character was Joker from Persona Five. Then we got the heroes from Dragon Quest, uh, Banjo and Kazooie from Banjo and Kazooie, 
Banjo and... can Zooey. Yes, he can Zooey. Yes. And then we got Terry Bogard, uh, a character I legitimately don't think I'd ever heard of before from a really popular fighting game, Fatal Fury. Indeed. So, um, so I was at that level of just, what could he possibly pull out next? I have absolutely no idea what to do after after both Banjo and then Terry. But yeah, it but turned what, out it was just a fire emblem character. But what were people ex- what were people expecting? Okay, so this is a bit of unfortunate Twitter timing in that I believe the Devil May Cry Twitter mm. teased something on that was going to be released on the same day oh. as the announcement, but it was actually just an update for one of their games, oh, not God. an announcement oh. that Dante was coming. So, yeah, people were really expecting it to be Dante, and even if they weren't, they were still the Smash community was still going to be a little hostile to another Fire Emblem character, especially as part of because I mean there's not really a great time to announce a new Fire Emblem character among to the Smash community at all. But I believe that this DLC trend that they set up has had such hype behind it that they really weren't hoping for it. They've got so many like big characters, I'm just gonna say, in that download, like from non-first party things that you'd feel that they like one of their complaints was they have too many sword characters which is like people use a sword oh my god there's now eight fighting there's now eight fire emblem characters in a game that has including this dlc like 75 playable characters there's eight from a franchise like a big nintendo first person franchise I don't think they're complaining the fact that Mario has like. I believe both Mario and Pokemon have more characters, or that might be counting Pokemon trainers three separate characters. Also, it was the fact that like, we wanted something different. It's just like practically it in terms of the one of the main reasons I initially predicted it. So these are the reasons I am smart. Issue number thirty-five. <laughs> Essentially. They've got new, they have new DLC planned for the new Fire Emblem game. It's going to be coming out, I think, relatively soon. I don't know. I don't follow it that much. But essentially, this puts it back in the headlines. There was also rumors, there was also rumors when they announced Byleth that they were actually planning on a different character and that that got shelved um, because it wasn't working through in playtesting. So they're just like, oh, well, this character that might be... Because they've just announced a second season pass of five characters. So there are rumours that Byleth... Uh, Byleth... Six characters. Yes. Byleth was meant to be the first one of that. Um, and then this mystery character be number six. Let's say Dante. Though we all know that if you want to play Dante in a fighting game, you need to play... The amazing, the amazing hit smash on the PS Vita, PlayStation All Stars. <laughs> no, okay. Um, no. Yes. So the thing is, his reason that doesn't make sense. Number one, one the timing of it's a Fire Emblem character. Cool. Also, I think the fact Fire Emblem is so big in Japan is so so big. I can't, I don't think people like, oh, it's just another turn break. These things are so big in Japan. And here's a newsflash Japan don't care about your feelings. Like, <laughs> at all. 
like especially with like the Pokemon boycott or whatever, they're like, oh, it's just some Americans who just whine. That is what they think about most of the internet. It's like a couple of Americans that whine, and oh look, the numbers just keep on going up and up because most people don't care. Um, not that I'm accusing America of being an extremely whiny, whiny place, <laughs> especially when I live, especially when I'm from the UK. I do apologize, but no. And second. This was pointed out quite well to someone who shall remain nameless because I've forgotten their name. Um, but essentially, ending with a character like Byleth, a strong first-party part Nintendo character makes sense because that is not going to drive sales of the next DLC pack. The next DLC pack, if they have... Say they have Dante as the first fighter for the new DLC pack. Yeah. Th- that's going to... Like, people go... I don't care, I'm in. I'll buy it all. Yeah, you need something on the level of Joker for your first character on the new pack, don't you? Exactly. That was part of the reason that I saw. I saw Joker. I don't usually buy this, but yeah. Main character <laughs> they from got my you. famous favorite games of all time. Exactly. Like, exactly. I don't know who Terry is from Fatal Frame slash Fury. Um, Fatal Frame is a completely different game, John. What a crossover. It's a new game in my head, though. You fight you fight ghosts by hitting them with cameras. Um, yeah, essentially, you need, like, it doesn't make sense that they were working on a different character to the extent that they were like, ah, oh, shelve it, we'll bring out the Fire Emblem one, because uh, it's so popular in Japan, and people just think of the US, where it's like, I only know of one Fire Emblem game. And that's the one that just came out. And there are so many characters that I don't know. Isn't Three Houses like one of the highest selling Fire Emblem games as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, like, yeah, it it's is. It's insanely popular for a Fire Emblem game, which means it was almost inevitable that they'd want to rep that. Exactly. So. And like people, some people were even complaining, well, it's not my favorite character from Three Houses. That game has like 30 characters. All with different things. They're not going to just give it to one. There is no winning at this point, is there? Especially when it's a game specifically about picking sides. (laughs) Like, it's not like some of the other Fire Emblem games where it's just like, oh, let's keep on going and pick up your party along and choose your favorites as you go. No, this specifically pits you against basically to pick your team and stand by it. Yeah. So if you just picked one of those teams, you're isolating so much of the fan base. Yeah, you couldn't have thrown Edelgard in as the character from Fire Emblem 3 and expected everyone to be happy with that. No, exactly. Not that they'd have been happy anyway. There's absolutely <laughs> no pleasing some people, apparently. The thing they have done, which is quite clever, is given Byleth essentially all of the main character's weapons to use as specials. So essentially you get some rep in that Oh, room. man. Some of that stuff looks absolutely disgusting i haven't seen it in practice it's going to take a few months for people to figure out exactly where byleth's kit stands but Mm. oh boy some of that stuff looks pretty pretty good so pretty much it's essentially weren't they specifically also pointing out like how you could beat him as well or her uh yeah sakurai did go to the effort of going hey here's some obvious weaknesses which are just some character use a character who can grab use a character with a reflector you know use a character with counter like all the other fire emblem characters 
pretty simple stuff, really, if you Good think point. about it. Also, I tell a lie. I'm afraid Piranha Plant was not included in the Fighters Pass. It is now just a separate purchase. Mm. Back on that, though, uh, the thing about Byleth being a DLC character is unless you bought the whole pack of five fighters without knowing what all they were, which was always kind of a risky move, you don't necessarily have to have Byleth in your game if you don't want to. Exactly. Or him. Them. I think them. I have no idea. Well, I did that because I was just like, I just want the Joker. Just want Joker and watch that. I've played too much of this game. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, there's the, the concept of lost potential in <laughs> the fact that somehow Byleth is taking up a slot that could have been used for some other character. They have Banjo-Kazooie and someone from a game that came out in... The last time it was relevant, there were arcades that weren't in Japan. Mm, yeah, I didn't remember this much controversy happening over Piranha Plant. Because <laughs> like, people were like, that's stupid. We love this. But yeah, I think the problem... Uh, that's a Mario character, which, you know, there's lots of Mario representation. But I think, yeah. I will, I think... I will just say, fighting game communities can sometimes be a bit toxic. Nintendo communities can be extremely toxic. So put that all together. Like, basically, this is the American English-speaking internet, I'm saying. Essentially, God's so toxic. Gets so toxic. And, yeah, they're just, they will complain about so many things. So much complaining. Well, speaking of complaining, Thomas, <laughs> do you love to complain about mobile games? I really, I really don't. I really wish I didn't have to complain about mobile games, but, oh boy. Okay, uh, we're not gonna. Quite okay, down, boy, down. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just gonna come up because I had a wonderful example in the week that we weren't recording of the popularity of Japanese mobile games. So one, I think I found this one, uh, which currently has Joker in it to to promote the re-release of uh, Persona Five or Persona Five the Royale with cheese that is coming out currently or very, very soon in Japan. We still have to wait a while to an actual English translation, and my Japanese is in no way play that game. Also, I don't have a PlayStation. Do, oh, do, do, found do. it. It was hey. I just had to scroll down. Uh, no, it is <laughs> Another Eden, which has 1 million-plus downloads on the uh, Japanese Android Google Play Store, oh. a modernized classic RPG beyond time and space, and you can currently um, get Joker, essentially, in it. And it kind of, like, obviously from all the things, it looks like a very classic four-person RPG, which is just all of these mobile games. And, yeah, so that is an example. So, one right now, relevant. But no, also, essentially... Me and one of my teachers, we gave the students, we gave some of our first year students, okay, you need to do a presentation about a thing. Essentially, they need to do show and tell, and that's it. That was their winter homework. They need to work out, they need to write down a show and tell, which will then present to the class. So we go through checking their first drafts after handing it in and going, who's forgotten their homework? I did, in fact, try to teach the class. I've forgotten my homework. The dog ate my homework. <laughs> I oh, found that funny. 
was like, this is a useful phrase, but not for English. <laughs> oh, yes. I can't imagine what my life would be like if I didn't know the phrase, the dog ate my homework. I think in Japanese it'd be something like, I can't remember what homework is, but it's something their inu tabemashita or something. I feel like dog, I can't know. I know some of the words, but putting them together, no. Um, so essentially, we were reading through these and got the usual ones like, I want to go to Canada. This is my favorite place. Whatever. I want to go to the United States. I really like this video game. But one of those this video games was, how shall I say it? It's another one of these things, the games that Thomas loves so much. Mm-hmm. I checked it out. It has over a thousand characters. And he was writing in English that one of the most popular parts is the collaborations. The collaborations with other games. Mm -hmm. And so this is the thing that you have so much that the main like focus of the game that this child wanted to talk about no, I say child, they're like 16, 17, that <laughs> he wanted to write about is the fact that like people from other games and franchises are present in this game. And it just looked like a really, it looked like one of the worst of the worst. But this, Thomas, this is his favorite game. Uh-huh. Any idea what it's called? Uh, I did, because I wrote it down. Oh, you're going to love, you're going to, you're going to love the name of this game wait what because <laughs> i found it and then it was like did you mean this and i'm like of course i didn't mean this <laughs> oh no there we are i'd spelt it slightly wrong would you like to know what the game is called thomas is it raid shadow legends it's not oh, but it's okay. one of my favorite games that's breaking up now we're not big enough that they'd pay us um, I wouldn't accept their money anyway. It's a terrible no, game. It's a terrible, terrible game. Uh, no, this is Pokodan. What? Pokodan? It's, it's Pokodan. Okay, this I gotta look up. What on earth is it? Is it even on the Western store? I doubt uh, it. Is it uh, just P-O-K-O-D-A-N? It's actually really difficult to find when not writing in Japanese. Oh no, I found it. Yeah, I don't I doubt it will be on the I doubt it will be on the I found it on the App Store. Uh, I found it on the Japanese App Store. And his Google Translate here is a here's a thing. The RPG of tracing puzzle that is soaring in popularity is coming up. So it's a, it's a it's a slidey doody daddy game. That sounds exactly like the blurb that appears on the Western Google Play Store or whenever you look at an RPG. Oh, God, this is barely even English. Oh, yeah, good point. They do not have great localization teams, which is not to be surprising because they are usually just mobile game studios. But I think it has, like, over... It's trying to boast it has, like, over 2,000 characters. Ugh, of course they do. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? That's their main source of monetization. The point is that you want to have all the characters. Yep, but there you are. That is Pokodan. What a what a game. Oh, notably, uh, in-app items, uh, the costs can either be from the minor 120 yen. Oh, this has over a million installations, by the way. Uh, 
I'm not surprised. Uh, in-app purchases, I will literally say Pokodan, so it's not Pokemon, it's Pokodan. Um, mm-hmm. But also just like the main characters at the front are obviously just a ripped-off Digimon Charizard, a unicorn, a fiery onion that's attempting to be the slime from Dragon Quest, and just... Oh, God. If you can find it, all all all, fat, all power to you. It also, for some reason, in English comes up as Pokolon. Um... But yeah, uh, you can have purchases in this game, Thomas, just so you know. From 120 yen, which is about the equivalent of one pound, probably about 80 cents or something, 70 cents in the US, up to 10,000 yen an item. No, thank you. (laughs) That's that's 80 pounds. Oh, that's actually not that expensive as far as some in-app purchases go these but days. But that's per item. That is per item. Oh, my God. I will say the Star Wars version of this, Star Wars Heroes, that I'm playing too much of at the moment, uh, that one has an in-app purchase that is £99.99. pence. But I will say that essentially gives you like all the character. It that essentially just buys the game for you. Like it puts you to almost max level. Max level. It gives you almost every single characters at max level as well. So I'm not saying I'm justifying it, but they're like, you don't want to play the game. Pay a hundred pounds not to. Yeah. Having purchased that transaction and having maxed out everything and gotten all the characters, what would there be left to do exactly? Usually it's PvP. Ugh, PvP. It's the explanation of all these things. But no, I think we're going we're gonna to leave this section. I just wanted to inform people wonder in the world that is Pokodam. Thank you, random student, who I can't remember because his name's written in Japanese and I can't read that. I feel sorry for you, random student. Hmm. But he doesn't know. Well, imagine it when he actually plays like good games. Like <laughs> if if he ever breaks out of the gacha cycle. Yeah. There's one of my students who just loves playing Final Fantasy VII like all the time. So. Hmm. I can't argue with that. I hope they're super excited for the remake. Hmm. Or not. Or maybe they're playing the remake. Maybe their uncle works for well, not Nintendo, <laughs> but whatever. Maybe that's why he's he's secretly a secretly a, a game tester. It's time, Thomas. I'm a hungry. Snack break. <laughs> uh. This is the continuing, actually, only consistent section in our show in which I eat Japanese food. Uh, though I've been trying to get more healthy um, things because I've tried to be on a diet since New Year. Um, so what I've got is essentially potato chips right now, or crisps, as I will natively call them. Bloody, the whole thing's 300 calories. I'm not eating all of these. Um, (laughs) Also, I've just had dinner, listeners. We record these after I have dinner. So that's why there were usually quite a lot of sweet things, because I was like, oh, I'll buy this and I'll have it for dessert. A little bit of pudding. Exactly. So these are... uh, Jagarico, Jagarico, by the essentially the uh, very well known um, store Calbee, Calbee, and it's essentially their 
they're crisps or potato chips, once again, for our American listeners, that are like in thin sticks, almost like Pocky, and you get them in a cup. They are so popular. They are so, so popular here. I see students eating these all the time. They look like an instant noodle cup, like it even has the like the silver wrapping on top. Um, but no, I will say these are so popular. When I was in the 100 store earlier, there's essentially you could buy a snack preserver, which was like a, a properly sized lid just to fit over these kind of pots. So, <laughs> yeah. So I got the Sarada. I got the salad version. So let's open this up. Yeah, they just. Now, this might only mean things to people from the UK, but if you ever had the crisps that were. They were almost like salt and vinegar shards. I don't know how to call them. They were called French fries, weren't they? Yeah, something like that. They're not like the. Not like the. Um, walkers french fries ones but like the ones that are almost really crumbly they look almost exactly like that apart these ones are flecked with bits of green because it's salad Ooh. flavor how um, healthy <laughs> no i just told you 300 calories i only have one then why are these so popular oh well, it's not i will say they are very potatoey so that's obviously where that's obviously where the stuff comes from because they are just potato. But this like there's almost no salt on them, which is probably good, but they just taste of like slightly unsalted crisps. With these ones have salady flavor. I assume some of the other ones might have I might have got I was like, "Oh, salad, only rookies get the salad ones." But no, they're Thoroughly underwhelming. <laughs> For something that has such a hold on the market, I'm truly shocked. Because these are huge. This is like the big brand as well. I didn't get like off-brand. I didn't get like off-brand Jagavico. How could you? I don't know. I'll take a quick... I'll take a quick pick inside so people can see. Mm-hmm. When I eventually upload these or not, Thomas has a good <laughs> idea of putting these all on an Instagram, which would probably be a good idea because it means less mm. work for me. Yeah, I mean, where else are we going to put these? We were going to put them on Facebook or maybe Twitter, but mm. if you'd like them on any of those, actually contact us on those things. Which one do you use, please? We really need to know. <laughs> We've no idea what we're doing. We're young people, but we are in no way the youth. Exactly. And with that, that was Snack Break. That was really disappointing. And to oh, continue no. with being really disappointed, it's Tom's review <laughs> of Carol and Tuesday. <laughs> oh, you've set me up there already. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I will not... say we have been recording for 40 minutes, for 40 minutes already. You have 10. Okay, great. So, if you can do it in less, the listeners will love you even more for it. Yeah, I'm sure that'll definitely give them time for an accurate assessment of the show if I summarize it in five minutes. Anyway, so this is more or less a follow up to last week's episode where we went over the Crunchyroll Awards, and Carol and Tuesday, along with Demon Slayer and Vinland Saga, received a lot of praise and quite a few nominations. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, I just so happened to have been watching Kelly on Tuesday up to that point and had some differing opinion on on the worthiness of some of those nominations. So the background of Carol and Tuesday is essentially it's a Netflix um, produced anime, I think. I'm not perfectly sure on that. Thomas might know more. But essentially following two women, Carol and Tuesday, and basically their quest for music in what I know, essentially a world where creativeness and music has start to be almost done exclusively by robots. Uh, you, you're right. That is the setup. Uh, this is Yay. a a animation done by Studio Bones, a celebration of their twentieth year, I believe, and also in collaboration with a can't remember what the music label is, but also a celebration of their like fifteenth anniversary. And it's made by it's created by the same guy who did think shows like Cowboy Bebop, stuff like that. So there's a lot of pedigree going into this there's show. So much pedigree, like all Which, the pedigree. Explains why it's pretty hyped to begin with. It just said that. So I I think there's it's only it, licensed by Netflix. So it's only in the West. It's Netflix. In uh, Japan, it's different. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it's certainly worth a look at if any of that sounds interesting to you. Uh, the first episode's a really good hook, so I'd look into that. Yeah, and the I man think... whose name you forgot is Shinichiro Watanabe, or Watanabe Shinichiro. Watanabe. Basically one of the most renowned. Uh, did anime I commit anime heresy again? Silly yeah. Me. Anime heresy. Let's. Oh, just a second. I need to put on my. Okay, I got my. I got my wet weather gear on. I'm ready for the storm. <laughs> uh, Let's go. Okay, so I need to point out at the beginning this is actually a pretty good show all around i'm gonna criticize it a little but everything that carol and tuesday does at worst it just does pretty averagely it's a, overall great the music in particular which is really what you're going there for is fantastic i love it i've got on my playlist i'm going to be listening to it for quite some time if you only watch this show for the music that's perfectly fine and i think you'll have a good time with it but it achieves it seems the worst curse there can be mediocrity it, it is a, it is a little mediocre in places uh it it does some things quite well i quite like the the message behind the show it, when i can decipher it is uh, it, it avoids, uh, it's a little bit of friendship but that's not like the key point of the show it's 2002 Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah <laughs> it's any shonen anime um no, and it avoids a lot of the, the the trashier and less appealing parts of anime. It's not like complete geek bait or anything like that. It does seem to be like a pretty legitimate storytelling thing. I think it it fits perfectly well into what Netflix is looking for in a in an anime. It's pretty it's pretty safe, pretty pretty acceptable for all audiences. I think it's a, a pretty nice watch. For anyone who's a, a little bit cautious about anime or just wants something less tropey. Or actually, um, I assume. Yeah. It's got it's got surprisingly relevant themes, especially for a Western audience Western audience as well, because uh it includes things like uh politics that involves a lot of algorithms, uh, a sharp rise in conservative values, anti immigrant propaganda, uh a a sort of especially for, for us in the UK, it's got the uh, move of a political separation from an old ally in that Mars, where this show is set, 
uh, has a politician who's raising interest in separating from a trade agreement with Earth. And it I mean, also that could hardly go wrong. That that sounds yeah. like go great. Uh, and it also involves a lot of things like uh, police overreach and unnecessary brutality and stuff like that. So I think there's stuff in here for people for people in the West as much as it is for in Japan. Okay, okay, Thomas, you've given us a set of good stuff. You are preparing the shall we say the bread of the poo poo sandwich. It is now time. For as one of my old history lecturers used to say, it is time for the chocolate cake to hit the fan. Yeah. Okay. So, as great as all that stuff is, mm-hmm. the actual episode to episode writing didn't really work for me. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna put. Why that did out it? There. Why did it not work for you, Thomas? Well, there's there's a ver- various factors involved in here. First, this is the thing internet. First. We cannot be unsus. We cannot be. This is the internet. We have to be strong and we have to go, I hate all anime <laughs> with people with ringlets in it. And that's it. This writing Fair involves enough. ringlets, therefore, I'm out. Okay. Well, let's let's start with the basics. First things first. You know that setup about two friends taking on artificial intelligences running the music industry? Yeah, it's Terminator that, 2. No, wait. That, that's not a real thing. That doesn't no. actually go anywhere. That fades pretty quickly in the first few episodes. Oh, if it was, was a, ever there to begin with. That was a really um, interesting topic. Oh. It, it was, and the story goes in different directions, mm-hmm. but it keeps branching off in different directions and never really hits like a main through line for the whole story. Uh, mm. The first 12 episodes, I see, think, are the most consistent, but that's mostly because it's character set up and then going straight into a um, a tournament arc in the vein of an x-factor or a american idol or something like that and it's kind of hard to mess up a tournament arc let's be real uh so there's that but beyond that the storytelling feels less like uh actions and consequences but more like here's a thing to do in this episode let's go do it okay we did it move on to the next episode they don't really feel an awful lot of connections they just feel like there's a lot of stuff that's just happening for the sake of happening. Uh, and in that way... And Samurai Shampler. <laughs> Let's not get into that. That's a different, that's a different controversy for a different day. <laughs> fight, fight, um, fight. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm in just that saying same way... they had to put Ed in a box for the last episode of Cowboy Bebop. Because what do we John, do with this? Down, boy, down. John, stop, John. <laughs> got f- we've got five minutes, John. Calm yourself. Also, the dub is really good. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, uh, some so some episodes could feel kind of awkwardly segmented because of how the story is structured. So instead of spreading out storylines over multiple episodes for some characters, uh, it can be they just get a whole storyline done in one. So for like Tuesday, she has a whole episode where she's building up a romance with a character. And then that's just boxed into that one episode. Mm. That's not something that's consistent throughout the show. Uh, and this can vary from character to character. I think Angela has a storyline that sort of is consistent is a consistent flow between episodes. That one's a little less boxy, but especially for like Carol and Tuesday, the main characters, it, it feels very segmented. Uh, there's a, a little bit of repetition in some of the ideas. In the first half of the show, we have. Uh, Tuesday dealing with a 
very aggressive and very uh, obsessive fan. And that leads to uh, Tuesday getting hurt at one point. And then that's sort of resolved, but just kind of ends. And then in the second half, Angela instead gets a, a violent stalker. And you're just like, okay, I get that this is probably quite a, a big thing in the music industry for artists, but this is the second time it shows up. There's a worse experience, however, where we have one episode that's dedicated around a character called Flora, who was a really famous singer, but has recently hit on hard times. She's doesn't sing anymore. She's lost all her money. She's lost all her friends. She's pretty devastated. And the episode's about picking her back up. And then literally the next episode, a different character called Ertican, who's a very top DJ, has all his money stolen. And he and then he loses all his friends and he loses his house and he gets depressed. And it's the same storyline, essentially, but with a different character. Mm. And they're right next to each other. So it feels a little awkward. This also just feels, sorry, this feels of almost essentially like Netflix is exactly the wrong people to have licensed this. Because this sounds, it sounds, they all sound very bottle episode-y, which is very, it tends to work on TV. Because you want some very small stuff overlapping. But especially if you're watching on something like Netflix, where like you are, you can sit and watch most of the thing all at once. Like, obviously it didn't come out all at once on Netflix. It came out episode by episode. But now... Especially when you with the binge culture, it is. It feels like that is not that is not good for it. Yeah, I can see this working a little better week to week if you've not been stewing on the episodes. But I was watching one of these a day, and it was a, a little awkward for that. But that's, I mean, that's not too dissimilar to some other things. Cowboy Bebop is pretty, uh, it's pretty episode by episode. Same with Violet Evergarden and Cannon Busters. But I will say, one, Cannon Busters isn't very good. Two, Gavoy Bebop <laughs> is from the late 90s. So, and essentially, I think they're trying to replicate something. Obviously, it's an anniversary show. They're trying to replicate something that is from an era of TV, an era of stuff that is, like, we've gone past. Especially, like, Cannon Busters and things. That is, like, you need to do something with the formula. Mm. And from what you're saying, it doesn't sound like they really do. They don't really do much of anything, really. There's uh, carrying on from that Ertigan rant. There is mm-hmm. uh, that is emblematic of a complete absence of any sort of consequence really going on for most of the story. That one episode where he goes bankrupt, loses all his friends, and has a complete identity crisis. By the end of the episode, he's got all his money back, all his confidence back. His friends are all back. It's as if the whole thing never really happened. But that, that's pretty consistent with all the characters in that only one or two of them really end up in a different place from where they started. Oh, wow. And these uh, are 20-minute episodes, yeah? These, Yeah, these are 20-minute episodes. Oh, wow. So that's, that's rapid. Yeah, um, it, w- it was a bit weird. And so, uh, just overall, the character writing is weak. Like I said, Cal on Tuesday don't really struggle or have to deal with consequences. They just sort of do things and it's fun to watch sure but it's not like it it's not as engaging as a story because they just sort of write songs you sort of see that happening in montages and background but they're not really you know experiencing life as either a struggling artist or dealing with the consequences of fame it's just sort of they write songs they become successful it just sort of happens and it's all smooth sailing 
But you do. You said about those two random stalkers. Isn't that the consequences of fame? Yeah, it's like that. And I can see where you're going, but I don't really know. It it doesn't. Uh, there is that thing with Tuesday Stalker where it's supposed to trigger her character development to become more assertive and be able to speak her mind more. Because the problem with that Stalker's interaction is that Tuesday is unable to say no to the to the Stalker and that's turn a, them down. I'm just going to say that's a slightly messed. That's a bit of a messed up way for character development. Just. Me saying, she needs to learn how to be more assertive. She needs to... Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the whole situation is messed up. But I don't see any real growth from coming from it. Tuesday remains a fairly stationary character. She's pre pretty static throughout the whole thing. Same with Carol. Things happen to these characters, and they experience shifts in dynamics and relationships, and they meet new people and do new things. But they're still pretty much the same. They don't grow or change or anything and, and i'm just gonna have to ask you to sum up to conclude with your final arguments uh okay so carol on tuesday is a great show with great music uh apart from the fact that it it, it feels like the story is pretty much background noise you can probably have this show in the in your background and you're not missing an awful lot of happening. It's fairly enjoyable. The colors are bright. The setting's fun to look at. If pretty under-realized, the sci-fi elements are pretty hit or miss uh, and kind of irrelevant. It, this show feels like it could happen in like modern-day LA or London or whatever if you really wanted to, and it wouldn't make any real differences. I really um, hate that. I will say there are so many places that it's sci-fi. Do you do anything with the setting? No, no, none whatsoever. Or it's fantasy, but in real life. I've been reading a set of books, not anime, but very quickly, um, called the Temeraire series, and it's essentially the Napoleonic Wars, but what if dragons? And they, like, they essentially rewrite loads of history to the fact, like, dragons are just involved. And also they rewrite the society of different cultures and stuff around how they interact with dragons. That's realising the fact that there is an entirely different thing like humanity doesn't evolve into the same thing if just dragons exist and i feel like that's the same issue you have here uh yeah because it, it does use like tech for various things but maybe it's just my particular preferences for sci-fi but i like sci-fi stories to be about those things rather than just be a setting for character stories that or at least part of it or at least yeah. evolved because the very element of Carol and Tuesday being traditional songwriters with an old guitar and a keyboard in a world with AI, like you said, sounds like it's the setup for conflict and an interesting contrast. But when all the people, everything they run up against is other people who just sing and it's about their singing and not about the rest of the creative process, it the sci-fi elements kind of get lost and are a bit disappointing. Like there's the whole plot point of Mars wanting to separate from Earth, apart from the fact that that doesn't, that, that's more about the character making bad political decisions than the actual separation of Mars from Earth as a trade state. So, so it could happen between, it could just happen as a country wants to be more isolationist or a state in a country wants more powerful local government and removing some of the federal stuff. So what you're saying, Thomas, is 
it's just music, space hipsters, and we shouldn't care at all. And on that note, <laughs> it's time to end the show because we went over our 10 minutes a good eight minutes ago. Uh, There's a lot to unpack here. It's I still like the show. It's just weak in the elements I really wanted it to shine. And I'm sure we'll hear more about it when season two inevitably gets announced. Oh, do I have something to say about that, though? Okay, down boy, down boy, another time. But the end card, but the end card, John. We've been listening, you've been listening, I've been listening to Thomas, but you've been listening to Geeks and Gaijins. Uh, Please make sure you check us out. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, get us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, We have a YouTube account. We also stream on Twitch, generally Saturdays and Sundays or when we feel like it. Um, more episodes uploads each Wednesday. Please subscribe. And that's all. Do you have anything more to say, Thomas, before I cut you off? To be continued in your mind. Dun, dun, dun. That's a Persona theme.